our back and last to feed us their awful podcast. Wake me up when this podcast ends. In Richfield, they relive their past 40 years to rebroadcast. Wake me up when this podcast ends. Hear them drone on again, white noise from their throats. Can't stand to hear again about Scott's stinking goats. South Richfield's one of a kind, but the rest of us have lost our minds. Wake me up when this podcast ends. Matt and Scott and their podcast God we pray this will not last Wake me up when this podcast ends Bring out your dead again Twelve have croaks since they began Wake me up when this podcast ends Hearing them drone on again With their lame-ass jokes An epic train wreck again But the British love these blokes As my memory fades away Brain cells killed by what they say Wake me up when this podcast ends A rooster crows as each one's passed We just hope it's done at last Wake me up when this podcast ends I fall asleep each episode What they've said I do not know Wake me up when this podcast ends Wake me up When this podcast ends Wake me up
this podcast ends. Hey there, and welcome to the South Richfield Podcast, featuring the comedic stylings of Steve Luther and Matt Chama. This is Danny Pags, all the way from sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm a big fan of the South Richburg podcast and a personal friend of Steve's. And based on my regular viewing of the podcast, I feel like I can call Mark a good friend as well. So sit back and listen to another great episode of the South Lion Podfest. Featuring the dynamic duo of Luther and Chama. Back to you, Steve and Mark. Hey everyone, welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the South Richfield Podcast. This is Scott Luther. And with me is Matthew P. Coma. Matt, what's going on? Hey, Scott. How you doing? Good. Hey, what's that P stand for? Piranha? Uh, perpetually pleasant. <laughs> That's true. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever met such a gentleman anywhere. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> what are, you are you drinking something tonight already? I can hear something well, in the background. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I am. It is some texas y risky well excuse me whiskey <laughs> it's my second one <laughs> it was a christmas gift from my dear sweet sister-in-law jan albertson coma uh-huh she uh does a lot of business traveling to austin and then while she was down there she picked me up uh, a bottle of cypress grove and wow. i tell you this stuff is the real deal man i was gonna mix it with something but uh no, I said the only thing I'm going to mix this with is an ice cube. <laughs> well, I'm drinking water. Mm. One of us has to stay on, on point here. Good for you. Even though this podcast can get off well, the rails got, pretty quickly. You got all the buttons and knobs and dials in front of you. <laughs> yeah, which I, I, mean, I don't know how don't to use them. Talk about your... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, so, hey, Matt, it's April, end of April. Yes, um, yes. The NFL draft is this week. Browns have wait. picks one and four. It's like, you know, spring is in the air. At last, it's in the air. Yeah, finally. It's finally warmed up. But, like, April, the month of April, you've got so much going on in the world of sports. You've got the end of the NCAA tournament. The finals are usually in April. You've got the start mm-hmm. of baseball. Indians are... The pitching's mm-hmm. doing great. The hitting's starting to come around. Um, you've got the Masters tournament. Yeah. And then you've got playoffs going on in NHL and NBA. But I know I look forward to the draft because the Browns might get it right this year. I look at it, and I can't see how they can get it wrong. But I have to ask you, with all that going on, Scott, is this the best month out of the year in sports? For it to be a sports fan, I think so. Right, because you're no. still hope. You still have hope for your baseball team, your your uh, 
NBA team if they're in the playoffs, which you know right. the Cavs have been past few years. And then, you know, even though the Browns went zero and sixteen, they can't get any worse. You wouldn't think they might go zero and seventeen. Some people are predicting. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. With the moves but, they've made, that's not going to happen. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm really liking the moves they've made, and you know I, I wish uh, Deshaun Kaiser well, but it seemed like the poor kid did not have anybody to go to. Uh, the quarterback coach for the Browns last year was non-existent. The head coach threw, and offensive coordinator, same <laughs> guy, threw him under the bus twice, so it can't go to him. He had no veterans on his team. The most experienced player was one had one more year of experience than he did. So when he messes up, who's the poor kid supposed to go to and say, what did I do wrong? Yeah. But he still had, held his head high, did everything right. Unfortunately, he was making the same mistakes in week 16 as it seemed like he was making in uh, the early part of the season. But I I think he'll still be able to um, make a name for himself in the NFL. We shall see. We shall see, indeed. We have Tyrod Taylor now as our quarterback. Right, right. A guy who has set an NFL record for the lowest ratio of interceptions to completed passes. So he doesn't turn it over. And that was uh, that was Deshaun's Kaiser's, uh, I guess his his biggest flaw was, especially in the red zone, he'd throw these, he'd make mistakes, and the ball would get intercepted, or he'd make a bad pass, or just not do the right thing. And now you have a guy with Tyrod Taylor, who, if they don't make those mistakes, um, if you just go to last year, I think the Browns could have won at least three to four games. Not that that means anything, but it's better than going 0-16. Yeah, now he's going to have some weapons. He's going to have Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Who had the most receptions in the NFL last year. Josh Gordon's going to be back. Which, I listened to one of our old podcasts not too long ago. I think from maybe our first season. And I thought Josh Gordon was never going to play for the Browns again. I guess uh, he showed me. Well, Josh and I had a talk. And I said, you know, Scott's betting against you, man. And uh, we can't let that happen. So he can't, he kind of he finally came around. Um, but you know his his whole deal. Uh, it seems like he's just one bad mistake from going away. But when he's playing, he is positively, unquestionably the most talented player on the field. And he was playing those games. What was it two thousand? Was it sixteen or or fourteen? I forget what it was. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> But when he was when he had his his uh, his Pro Bowl season, he said he would he would be downing drinks ahead of time. And I'm saying, man, if you're playing that well, here's a six pack for every game. Light it up, fool. I know that's not supportive yeah. of uh, somebody with addiction, but man, if he can play that that well inebriated, it's going to be amazing when he's sober. So they got Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon. Corey Coleman, if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson. Yep. Uh, uh, the tight end, Njoku. Njoku, David Njoku. And uh, the other guy, DeValve. Uh, other Seth, tight end. Seth, yeah, Seth, Seth DeValve. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of weapons, man. Yeah. We will see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see what they, they do with this first pick. Are they going to... 
go well, with they, they a quarterback. Lost, uh, well, of course they lost Joe Thomas. Yeah. But you know what that shows you, and you, you saw that talk about Joe Thomas being one of the all-time great left tackles. I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, but let's say he's the greatest of his generation. You have you have an all-time great left tackle, and you still lose 16 games. <laughs> well, how many did he no. miss? Five? So, in his entire career? Well, he got hurt. At the very end, yeah. yeah. Game 11 or something, I don't remember. Yeah. I think uh, I think they'll take a quarterback. But which one? Are they going to take Josh Allen? Or Sam Darnold? Or maybe Josh Rosen? Or maybe Baker Mayfield? Which, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I, I think if you look at the people that, or the, the quarterbacks that Ken Dorsey has, not Ken Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Dorsey. Yeah. What do I think? Let me have another sip. That Ken Dorsey has selected, they're all big arm guys. He's in love with guys with big arms. I think he, if you, he, he might have Beefcake Magazine <laughs> in his drawer in his desk, maybe. But he loves guys can, that can whip the ball deep. And most recently, Pat Mahomes at uh, Kansas City. Yep. And... Uh, you know that that seems to be the philosophy. That seems to be what he's after. I hope that there's other criteria that he bases his selection on. I didn't really see it with Pat Mahomes. So, but if you apply that same template towards this draft, it seems like it's going to filter out Josh Allen as his pick. Now, the the question is: Is, is that going to be the number one pick or the number four pick? Well, I don't think he's going to take Saquon Barkley, the running back from. Penn State with the number one pick because if you look at his history he tends to try to find a running back later on in the draft like he took Kareem Hunt from Toledo last year go Rockets yeah and he had a great season for the uh, Chiefs yes he did so I don't think you know you usually don't take a a running back with your first overall pick in the draft it just doesn't happen and our general manager seems like a conventional guy. He he is a football guy versus uh, Sashi Brown and the uh, system that he had brought in there with uh, Mr. De Podesta. Is that how you say it? De Podesta. <laughs> De Podesta. And I gotta have I gotta have another drink. <laughs> um, but apparently, De Podesta is still in there in. And I'm a believer in that sort of stuff. I just don't think they have it all figured out how to apply it to football analytics. You know? Right. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see Saquon Barkley on the Browns, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. My guess is if they don't take Josh Allen one, they take Chubb, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Chubb, um, the, the uh, end, edge it, rusher from North Carolina Is it uh, Nick Chubb or is it Bradley State. Chubb? Is Bradley What's Chubb that? the other dude? There's two Chubbs. There's two Chubbs, yeah. Maybe it's Bradley Chubb. I don't know which Chubb it is, but I had a friend named Chubb uh, (laughs) back in the day playing Acrophobia online in the 90s. His real name was Scott, but (laughs) everyone called him Chubb. I don't know why. He went by Chubb? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're going to either take your friend from Acrophobia or they're going to take the edge rusher Chubb from North Carolina State. (laughs) And you know you put him with with uh, 
Ooh, Miles uh, Garrett. Miles Garrett on the other. That's Ooh. really interesting. Now they they have uh, Agba as well, but he's mm-hmm. he's an edge rusher. But they lost Danny Shelton, so they got to fill in. I don't know who their their tackle is going to be. In this draft, uh, there's a guy named Vita Ve who um, they're predicting to go around 12 to 15 somewhere in that area, and he's just supposed to be some beast, kind of like a a uh, Indomitian Sioux type. Mm-hmm. You know, just a dominating presence in the middle, six foot five, three hundred forty-five pounds, and fast. Uh, so the Browns need something to plug in where Danny Shelton left. I don't know if Agba could do that, but he's he is more of an edge rusher or, or even a an outside linebacker at times. It seems like, but yeah. So I think it'll be Chubb, and um, with the fourth pick, who do you think they'll go with? Well, if they take Chubb with the first pick, then they're going to take whichever quarterback. They have highest on their board, and you've got the Giants and who else picking ahead of them? The the Jets. Jets. Right now. So, I would think the Giants would take Barkley. I agree. And then the Jet. That means the Jets will take a quarterback, and they'd probably take Darnold. Darnold, yeah, Darnold or Rosen would be left, or so that leaves. Uh, so I agree they take probably Darnold, even though Rosen is the one that's been. Pre- projected to go to the Jets, but that's usually because Darnold was going to be going to the Browns and uh, Barkley or Chubb was going to be going to the Giants. So then they would probably take Josh Allen at four. At four. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. I, you know, the only thing I don't like about Darnold is pronouncing his last name. I know. I want to say Donald. Get it I, right. Or Arnold. Right. Darnold. But but none of these four quarterbacks seems to me like they are worthy of the number one overall pick. Oh, they are, Matt. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, when you think about what you could get for that number one pick if you traded oh. away, that's what I liked about the whole <laughs> Sashi Brown thing is you were always improving your position for the future. I mean, look at all the picks that they had we right had now. 767 picks. Yeah. Exactly. You're always stockpiling. You're you're always in the mix, and you're always not just controlling your destiny, but you're controlling the draft. So everybody has to come to you. So when you have the power and the control, you're able to leverage better trades, better positioning, and be able to do more things. Again, none of these four quarterbacks that are being hailed as the, the top picks I think are worthy of that. So if that's the case... You stick with the edge rusher because you always need an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And with the number four pick, I love Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. But, uh, you know, with the Browns, he's the, the safety, the, the do-it-all safety from Alabama. He could be a safety. He could be a, a cornerback. Hmm. He is, is a true cornerback, and that's Denzel Ward from Ohio State. Well, I still think they're going to take a quarterback. Just I don't know if it's going to be one or four. People are going to be mad if they – take uh, Chubb first, but you can understand why the Browns would do it. It's almost like uh, uh, yeah. the movie with Kevin Costner, Draft Day. <laughs> with all those moves Dorsey was making a few weeks ago, holy cow, you could have sworn it was Kevin Costner in there. <laughs> it kind of looks like a maybe like a, a beat-up Kevin Costner. Did you see that movie? No. Are you serious? But I've seen Kevin Costner. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh my god. Matt, you have to go watch Draft Day. As a Browns fan, I know. Is it on Netflix? It might be. <laughs> if not, you can probably get it at the that's, library. Oh, that's true. 
Well, we'll see what happens on on Thursday, and it's it's exciting. It's my brother Jim's birthday on Thursday too. Wow! Happy birthday, Jim! Oh. Yep, regaled author James Coma, author of Snowville. Yep. Pick up your copy on Amazon. It's a great read. I read the whole thing. You did? <laughs> I mean, you did. <laughs> I Good did. For you. I did. Uh, distinguished author Jim Coma from Revere. Other Revere alum in the news. We've got a couple things going on. Larry Nance Jr. back with the well with the Cavs. Probably one of the best athletes ever to come out of Revere High School. I was I was thinking about this today. The only other pro athlete I can think of, like in a, one of the major sports, it would be Andy McCollum, who graduated two mm-hmm. years ahead of us. He made it to the Super Bowl and became a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> and he yeah. went to Toledo right. with us. That's true. <laughs> There's some other good athletes out of room. Kristen Anderson, that? that steeplechaser, right? Yeah. Not yeah a, that's true. Forgot about her. Yeah. I don't know of any NHL players that have come out of Revere, but... Uh, Chuck Penzenic and and his father were both uh, tremendous athletes. Yes, they were. Uh, Chuck Penzenic Jr. went on to uh, Penn State and mm-hmm. played there and was the uh, defensive player of the game for, was it the Rose Bowl in 1995? Something like that. Yep, he had a, a stellar game. Corey Felix. Corey uh, Felix. Went on to be... Uh, great acclaim at uh, Slippery Rock. Yeah, and there's a big uproar right now. I don't know if you've heard the news, but you know, Corey's the health teacher at the middle school. Her name now, she she's married and her name is Rohrbaugh, but um, she has been with the district for 15 years and received a RIF notice a couple weeks ago, which is a reduction in force. What they're doing now at Revere if you take marching band or uh, play a sport, they will count that as your PE credit. So now you don't have as many kids taking PE in the high school, so they don't need as many PE teachers. So guess which teacher in the middle and high school has the least amount of tenure? Oh my goodness! It's Corey. So she is she is being laid off unless. People sign up to take gym uh, at high school. So there's a big campaign right now, and I think the deadline is like this week sometime, to get 250 kids to take P.E. There were 250 kids short. uh, Jeez, that's terrible. The fact that there's even a campaign that that got underfoot tells you just how beloved a a teacher, a coach Mm -hmm. that Corey is. Uh, and, and just what what a uh, integral part of Revere school history. I, I don't know if she still is, but I know at the time she was the all-time leading scorer in girls basketball. And she's gone on not just to dedicate herself as a teacher, but again as a coach. Yeah, That's she's exactly a mentor. The person that you want in the school. Yeah, but it's a number. You know, it's it's a numbers game, and you know, with tenure and everything, there's not not too much you can do. Um, unless somebody retires early or, or something like that. So hopefully enough kids sign up for Jim t- to keep her or they figure something else out to keep her on staff. 
Well, let's just put it out there right now to all our listeners um, who have children in the Revere School District. Get your fat little porker children <laughs> in a pair of gym shorts and uh, sign up to take some gym classes. Run some laps. Yeah, you don't even have to take gym. There's a, uh, I guess there's a class called strength training, which counts as a PE credit. So let's say you're, you are a... Uh, you know, football player, you don't take PE because you've got your credit because you're playing a sport. You could take strength training as one of your electives rather than a study hall and help keep Corey, Mrs. Rohrbaugh, uh, at Revere. Well, and it helps you out as well. You improve your strength. Yeah. Also, uh, out of Revere, the big big news this month they're renaming hillcrest elementary school they're going to call it richfield elementary school now matt we both know that's not richfield elementary school even though they do have the bell that used to be out in front of richfield elementary school in the building they they what they have the bell remember the (laughs) bell (laughs) of course it is sitting in the hallway in a nice little display Mr. Montgomery, who's the superintendent, wants to, you know, honor both communities and have have a Bath Elementary and a Richfield Elementary, which is, I think, that's great and everything. But then you get these people chiming in who live south of 18 in Copley, but are in the Revere District. Well, why don't we have a Copley? And that's just ridiculous. Let's let's not even start with that. But Hillcrest has been around since the 50s. My mom went to Hillcrest. Are people going to get confused? <laughs> I'm already confused. Well, I, I, I think only people who would have gone to Hillcrest <laughs> in the 50s. We're not going to school. I, you know, I, I, I would be interested, though, because Hillcrest used to be a K-6. through Is there, in that community uh, of people that lived in South Richfield, um, is there a, a sense of uh, hey, that's our school. It's a sense of community. You know, there wasn't a uh, a town a, a township hall or anything like that. But do they feel a sense of of loss at the at the renaming of Hillcrest? Yeah, or should they have renamed all the schools to a Revere name and called it like Revere Primary or Revere Elementary, and then changed Bath's name to like Revere Intermediate? That wouldn't I. I would think that wouldn't go over well with the Bath residents, just like if they came into Richfield and renamed the old Richfield, like, Revere Elementary. Well, whichever way you go, there's always going to be somebody that's that cares uh, a little too much about it, and I think <laughs> that they'll lose sleep over it, and they tend to be the loudest about this, and they may get some people, they may get a few folks riled up, but after a few years that it's settled in, no one's going to care. Just like Eastview. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to matter. There, yeah. There were a few people upset on Twitter I, I was reading, and someone was ranting about it. and He had some some valid points, like the people from Richfield who have to haul their kids all the way down to Bath. They could. This would have been the opportunity to make a one centralized campus. Well, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, you have buses going just to one location, you have uh, traffic just going to one location. Mm-hmm. You have everything centralized right there. 
that to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you could have sold that land in Bath. That's prime real estate. Sure. It's uh, near LeBron James, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it's it's by the police station and the, what is it? There's a town hall and a cemetery or something over there? Who knows? But oh. <laughs> it's right, well, maybe that's not it's, the same. It's a, <laughs> Does, doesn't he live off Bath Road? Well, he lives back. He lives back off one of those roads, but not right off a of bath All right. road. <laughs> All right. Oh, I don't keep up. We could have put a big sign in the in the empty lot where Bath used to be, and with the arrow saying "This way to LeBron's house." They could have done something, but they will build the new Bath School, and everyone will be happy, and life will go on. The one thing I'm going to do, though, Matt, is on our website, I'm going to do a survey. <clears throat> And we've talked about this before, but we're gonna we're gonna put this on southrichfield.com. If you went to the Revere local schools, which schools did you go to? Because many there were many uh, combinations of where you could have gone depending on where you lived. So right. when we were in elementary school, we went to K through six at Richfield. We were the last group to go through. All the way. Yes. K through six at Richfield. Right. Now Dean, he lived on he lived on Harold. He went K to two at Hillcrest. That's Dean Ewer. Dean Ewer. Dean Ewer for all our Yes. Okay. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I don't know if he wants his his name being used, but um Oh. They had K through six at you Hillcrest. Can blank out if you want. <laughs> yes. They had K through six at Hillcrest at that point and then they switched it to K through two at Hillcrest and three through six at Richfield and Bath. I and remember it. Then all these, all those kids came over. It was kind of stressful, it, but kind of cool. It was you had a joyous chance day. to make a whole lot of new friends. Yeah, you went from two classes in your grade to three classes in your grade. All of a sudden, you had a whole mm-hmm. other class. And probably the you know, same it, thing it would happened be, at Bath. It, it would be interesting to look back at some of the, and I don't even know if it was around then, but uh, look at the. Uh, the Richfield Times and see what was being written about what year would that have been? 83? 84? No. Uh, yeah, about 83? Before that. So let's see. Third grade, Matt, we were turning nine or nine. Uh, nine. Nine. So we, that was 1980. Okay. That was the first 80, year. 8081. 8081. Yeah, okay. So we had a lot of friends No, come no, over. no. That yes. That would that'd be eighty one, eighty two. No. <laughs> well, we turned nine. 80s. I turned nine in nineteen eighty, and you turned nine in nineteen eighty one. Right in June when school was letting yes. out, so that makes sense. Yes, it was eighty eighty one. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> the math works out. <laughs> so. So if you look at the Richfield Times back in the, uh, in that era, when they were, this whole lot plan was being put forward, were people on an uproar over that, or did they just go, eh? Eh. I don't know what What's they on, did. Who shot JR? What's on Dallas right now? <laughs> there were probably some classroom size problems, I'm sure. Hillcrest was, remember they had those trailers at Hillcrest for a while when we were, what, middle school or high school? Yeah. Cause you know, I have ne- never been in the Hillcrest building. It's a nice little building. I had never been there until what? my kids started going there. Oh, ri- wow. Not once, right. just like you. I, n- yeah. I never went. We weren't what, invited. We what reason welcome. would you have had to go in there? 
the only reason you'd have to go in there is if you were in high school and you had some sort of like project that you had to do, like to help uh, help out lower grades, or maybe like if you were doing a pep rally as a band member, maybe, and you went over and played there. Which I don't know if you ever did. Okay. But I never did. I was in band for two years. Never did. Or if you go read to a class or something, or you know. But I never did anything like that. I didn't learn how to read until I was out of school already. So. <laughs> Thanks, Revere. <laughs> Speaking. Hey, one other thing about Revere. You know, one of our, one of our great classmates, Grant Goodrich. He was our salutorian in 1990. And you know what he's doing now, Matt? Uh, I got a feeling I, I'm, you're going to tell me. <laughs> he's running for Congress in the Go oh, Grant. Ohio 16th. He's running for the U.S. Congress. 16th. The fight in 16th. <laughs> he is uh, a candidate for the uh, Democratic Party. The primary is coming up here in early May. I, I think I'm going to be the first one to say South Richfield endorses Grant Goodrich. In the uh, Ohio 16th Congressional District. Congratulations, Grant. Now, the, the 16th District is a oddly shaped district. Ugh. It seems like it goes, uh, see, see if I get this right, uh, Portage and Star- portions of Portage and Stark counties. Yes. Around the south of Akron. Yep, like Green right? Township, yep. Yep, up, Green Township, yep, up through... Medina, so including oh, wait, Wadsworth. Don't forget Wayne County. In Wayne County, the I entire, was there. entire county. Yep. Uh, would that include? That doesn't include Worcester. No. And it, Mike it, Mike Alexander. It does include Worcester. It does include Worcester entire and uh, the Worcester Appliance Center. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, the Worcester Appliance Center, I think, would be a, a tremendous supporter of. Uh, <laughs> Grant's candidacy, perhaps. <laughs> but so it, it goes up through Wayne and Medina County. Only like the eastern half of Medina County. Oh, oh eastern half. All right. Like and Brunswick it, is cut it, in half. It eclipses it Lorraine County, doesn't it? It goes up into, so it would, it takes. And back uh, into Cuyahoga. It goes into Cuyahoga. It, it has Broadview Heights, North World, and Parma, eastern or western, like part of Cleveland. That whole, it's just, it's very heavily gerrymandered, as you can tell. I know, it's insane. The, these Ohio districts are ridiculous. Your, your representative, Marcy Kaptur, right? Well, no, or actually, she, Bob Latta. Okay, he's done the, he's like, goes out west to like, Defiance, Williams well, yeah, County. It, it's, it's if, uh, if there's, uh, in any of the counties, if there's a, a farm <laughs> that, that now becomes part of Bob Latta's territory. So it goes from northwest, it's ridiculous, from northwest Ohio, from uh, the corner of the tri-state area, all the way down almost to Lima, all the way back over to just east of Mansfield, or excuse me, just west of Mansfield, back up and around to almost to Sandusky, but it skirts just around to the south. I mean, ridiculous. And then Marcy Captors is going from Toledo all the way to west side of Cleveland. Yeah, right along the lakeshore. It's the like entire way. She has to drive. These poor congressmen have to. How many miles do you think they put on their cars if they're just have to cover their district? Well, I don't think they put any on because once you're the incumbent, it's easy to win. <laughs> you don't have to do anything because my daddy voted for 
his daddy, so I'm going to vote for him too, you know? <laughs> it, it's, it, it becomes an aristocracy. It's, it's out here. Bob Lada's father used to be a congressman out here. Uh, so it's ridiculous. It, it becomes the family profession. So it's it's the guy's birthright now suddenly to be our, the congressman in the area. Well, I say that's a bunch of baloney. That's not what America is about. And that's why I'm supporting uh, the second half of the South Richfield podcast. I'm throwing my support behind Grant Goodrich as well because Grant is one of the smartest people I've ever met, certainly the most honest and sincere person that I know. Guy is a, a top-notch individual, and you could not ask for anybody better to represent you in Washington. Yeah, just listening to him, I've been to an event where uh, he spoke, and just listening to him, he's about science, and making sure that you know, you know, climate change, the environment's a big thing with um. I mean, these scientists aren't just making this stuff up. There, there's something going on. And the current administration is kind of turn, just kind of turning its back on fact-based <laughs> anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, well, uh, my opinion is worth the same as your fact. And that's not how it works. <laughs> We're yeah, turning to the there, dark there's, ages. There's this thing, yeah, exactly. There's this thing called the scientific method that was established in the late 15th century by Rene Descartes and by adhering to the scientific method over centuries, we have climbed out of the dark ages and we've been able to obtain the great heights of science. We've been able to to go to the moon. We've been able to have our silly little podcast set up and talk to each other over uh, 125 miles because we followed the scientific method, not because we uh, had the opinion that the earth was flat, not because we thought that... <laughs> If, if we sacrificed the virgins in the springtime, we'd have a good crop. No, we followed science and scientific fact and the scientific method. So, yeah, I, I, Grant is a supporter of that. He's a Marine. He's a, a, a former Marine. He is a former uh, graduate of uh, the Naval Academy and, a, a, again, a top-flight individual. Yeah, so he'll... He's been endorsed by the Plain Dealer um, just over the weekend. They endorsed him. So congratulations, Grant, on securing the endorsement. Uh, Congresswoman Marsha Fudge has, had endorsed him a while back. So he's, as, as the Plain Dealer puts, puts it, he's clearly the superior candidate for the Democratic nomination. Now, it is an up, uphill battle. Because it is a pri because it is gerrymandered as such, it is primarily a Republican district. And right now, the, the Republican candidate that has seemed to raise the most funds is former OSU wide receiver and Indianapolis Colt Anthony Gonzalez. I don't know that that gives you qualifications to be a good leader in Congress, but apparently enough people are lining up behind this ex-jock to support him in his bid for candidacy we will see how so, it shakes out maybe someone yes. will draft him uh this week and he'll go back to the league <laughs> maybe they will maybe, maybe someone will. will draft grant but I, I you know i would draft goodrich <laughs> you know for for real leadership i like it i think we should get some bumper stickers made 
you know, with the South Richfield endorsement, I don't know how he can lose. He's going to get that SRP bomb. <laughs> Sounds like something you would go to the doctor about. Yeah, doctor, I think I have a, a little bump here on the side. He goes, oh, you got the SRP, baby. <laughs> got it. Too bad we're not in that district. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have a couple listeners out there, though. I'm sure. Mike Alexander. Uh, of the Mike Alexander Sports Machine and yep. uh, of the Worcester Appliance Center. <laughs> Hey, Matt, some news that I was reading today out of Cleveland. Yeah, I, I do read. Oh. Unlike uh, <clears throat> out of Cleveland today, Grey, Greyhound, the bus company, uh, says it is investigating how a bus meant to take passengers from Cleveland to New York ended up in Toledo. I don't know if you saw this bus driving through, but WEWS-TV, Channel 5, reports that the bus left Cleveland several hours late last Thursday and was headed east through Pennsylvania when it started experiencing problems. The company says the driver was instructed to head back to Cleveland and get a new bus, but instead drove about two hours past it <laughs> to Toledo. Oh, <laughs> the driver then turned around and went back to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, I think I saw this guy. He kept doing right-hand turns. Around downtown Toledo. <laughs> Passenger Morgan Staley says they spent about seven hours just going in a circle. <laughs> the company says passengers interested in a refund can contact customer service. Wouldn't they just automatically give those passengers a refund? They have to actually make an effort to contact customer service. I didn't think Greyhound had customer service. <laughs> I think that's the whole reason. Hey, Morgan Stanley was riding a, a Greyhound bus. Mor- Morgan Staley. Oh, Staley. Yeah. I was going to say, the other guy, he probably could get, I don't know, at least the mega bus. Oh, my gosh. I Oops, I missed that exit. How many exits did you miss? Was this guy an autopilot? I, you know, there between, uh, it used to be exit 11 in Richfield. Yep. So. And uh, Toledo was like exit six, I think, is what it was. Mm-hmm. So there's five exits in between <laughs> that the guy could have made the turnaround. At least. I, I don't think he's, he's driving for Greyhound any longer. Did you I see hear there's an opening as a Starbucks manager <laughs> in oh, Seattle. Did you see that mo- news in Michigan, Matt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On April 18th, a Michigan couple... Had a little bit of fun naming their 14th son. 14 kids. All boys. Oh, boy. Kateri and Jay Schwat welcomed the birth of their son on Wednesday. Jay Schwat said that they decided to name him Finley Sheboygan Schwat. The name doesn't appear to have any ticks. Ah, in the Wisconsin, ties. any ties? Oh, sorry, I gotta get my uh, my readers out. <laughs> uh, no mites either. Any ties with the Wisconsin city? Uh, it inspired. It's inspired by the tale his father-in-law told him about the Native American chief, who was the father of many boys. Jay Schwat said. The chief believed that his last child would be a girl. When the baby boy came, the chief named him Sheboygan for, oh, sh- no, for, <laughs> for 
She is a boy again. <laughs> She's a boy again. She's a boy again. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the chief said. Uh, who writes this? She boy again. There's no chance. She a boy again. Jeez. There's no chance the couple would have another child. Wait. There's no chance the couple would have another child. Jay Schwat said. Though he's made the same comment before. I gotta tell you, his wife, God bless her, there's a soft cloud in heaven for her, but she must be, you know, very convincing. Kateria Schwat said, she's used to a large family as one of 14 herself. Each little one has entered our family, or each little one who has entered our family has brought something special to the entire makeup of the family. Without any one of them, it wouldn't feel right. Wouldn't feel. I think she might be talking about her uterus. It would <laughs> How could she have any feeling left of her uterus? This poor woman. The couple lives in Rockford, just north of Grand Rapids. They have no daughters, <laughs> and the oldest son is in his twenties. Oh my gosh! I have a feeling that they all have beards and no mustaches. I only saw one beard. Well, actually, two. The father and the oldest son. It looked like. Oh my lord. That poor woman. If I were her, I would say to her husband, Get away! Leave me alone. Oh, my God. Oh. 14 boys. They're going to oh. be on Lifetime Network, it looks like, in June. Of course. A documentary. Well, you and Rachel, you're uh, one-seventh away there. <laughs> we better bang it out. Pick it up, man. <laughs> Lifetime Network's waiting for you. That's over 20 years I've had these 14 boys. Jeez. Mm. Hey, also, um, here's something right up my alley and up Biff Tannen's alley. Back on April 12th in Lacey, Washington, a highway crew has quite the unenviable task ahead of them as a manure truck spilled its load Thursday (laughs) afternoon near Lacey. The crash happened just after 1 p.m. on State Route 510 in the roundabout that intersects with Marvin and Pacific Roads. I thought that was in Atlantic City. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> according to Trooper Brooke Bova with the Washington State Patrol, uh, Trooper Bova said that the truck had a mechanical failure and the entire backside carrying the manure fell off. Dumping when my load. backside has some mechanical problems, <laughs> I lose my load as well. Right in the roundabout. Oh, that's right. Me too. <laughs> a bulldozer was brought in to scrape up the steaming piles of waste and put them in another dump truck. No one was injured in the crash, but manure was spread across the street and part of the intersection was blocked for the cleanup. That intersection and roundabout is going to have the greenest grass in about two and a half weeks <laughs> and then everybody's going to say they were sorry they were so upset <laughs> i always just think of the back to the future yes <laughs> <laughs> when biff crashes into the uh with biff tan always yeah. ended up in the manure pile oh poor biff he deserved it honestly You've got mail. Hey, we got some listener emails, Matt. We did? People still listen? That's what I've heard. We got a couple here. So the first one was it, it was titled, Any Advice for Tax Season? Oh, sure. And uh, which just ended. We got They got an extra day because of all the 
IRS computers, the, the electronic filing going down. Did you see that? I blame the liberal media. <laughs> so any, yes. advi any yeah. advice for tax season? Hey, is there a, is there a deduction for the us four and a half listeners who wasted so much time throughout the year listening to what we all consider to be substandard podcast material? Oh, and how much does Matt Clover weigh now? I bet baby Huey gained all his weight back and then some. I love you guys. Bleep off. All right. Thank you. I'm not I'm not a uh, tax man. I could uh, I'll reach out to some like a CPA and ask, but I don't think this qualifies for a deduction this podcast. Uh, I I would say uh, it could be used in some fashion uh, to go towards your medical bills. <laughs> You're probably right. Now, it would take a very creative fellow to do that, but I would say this is just as far as tax advice goes, deduct everything. If, if you're not getting $12,000 back, you're wasting your time. <laughs> and then the, the hey, other... So wait, wait. Speaking of that, how much money do you think the Schwats get back if they have 14 kids? Well, a couple of them are over 20, it looks like. All right. So they're probably not dependents anymore unless they're in college or something. Do you still Can you still count a, a college-age kid as a dependent? I don't even know. I've never had a college-age kid. I I don't know either, but I, I I think that you do. I mean, unless they if they're a full-time student, I think that counts. What if they're filing it? them for themselves because they work? Well, that's different then, of course. But if they're if they're a full-time student, I think that 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 it's a different category. Mm. I, I don't remember, but let's say that they don't. The Schwats have <laughs> at least ten kids living in that house, don't they? Oh yes. And so that's like what is it a six thousand deduction per per child? Hey, call up a CPA. Dean's like a money man, isn't he? You know, Shelley's working for a C was working for a CPA during tax season uh, at at her office, helping her out. So maybe I can find out. She might know. Set her up with the Schwats. I'll ask her what the what return she saw had the most child credits on it, or, right. or whatever. We'll find out. Hey, did anybody else send us an email? Yeah, um, here's here's one from someone close to you. Uh, love the show. You're doing great. Quick, quick. How the heck do your wives put up with you? Signed, Penny Coma. Hmm, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think it's from her. Just, oh, because I, I married a Penny Coma. <laughs> well, she wasn't Coma when I married her. I think it's someone else with the same name. Because okay. they're asking how... She is your wife. Why would they be yeah, asking? My wife, she wouldn't refer to herself as <laughs> she doesn't your talk wife. About, yeah, she doesn't yeah. talk to, okay. about herself in the third person anymore. Well, they, well they, the answer is, at least on my part, that they do not put up with us. <laughs> That's true. Mine is, uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> she gave up, you know. She realized that you were the irresistible hey. force. <laughs> We, we both realized neither one of us is going to change, right? I well, can't... at this point in life, no, it's not happening. No. You know, you're, you're kind of, the clay has set, you've been put in the kiln. You're fired up, and you're the, uh, <laughs> the crappy ashtray <laughs> that you were always meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Though, 
my son just made a, a coffee mug. It was supposed to be a rabbit. But what? It was supposed to be a, like the face. Of, there are mugs with animal faces on it. Okay. But my son's not the best artist. That's all right. One of the ears fell off, so he said, "It's a unic." He said, "It's a unicorn." <laughs> my my wife, whose name is Penny Coma, was not pleased with his lack of effort. Oh jeez. <laughs> was this an art class? Is this for a credit? An art class. Yep. <laughs> and I saw some of the other mugs. I mean, there was kids that put like uh, all this detail on all these faces. Uh, like one kid had a dragon on his, and another kid mm. had a, a buffalo donka. On, on his and <laughs> my sons with what was supposed to be a rabbit and uh <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> turned out to be a unicorn. I thought their horns Either were way, spiral. I'm sorry for the animal. Oh. Hey, but I, I, I love him. He's awesome. Of course he is. He's your son. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's what Penny tells me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he... I see a, I see a resemblance. He, he looks nothing like me. He's got the choma eyes. He he completely has Penny's family's eyes. Does uh, he? Uh, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. of Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has yeah, he has uh physically he resembles me not one bit. But mentally but did, Mentally he's just like me, <laughs> scatterbrained as hell. <laughs> We just, we just, uh, re- not just, but we recently did. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, so cut it out if I did already. But we did the Twenty Three and Me. Okay. And it showed that he had a lot of uh, Eastern European as part of his genetic makeup. So that means I'm in the ballpark as far so, as being his father. He, he, if I'm not listening. directly his father, I'm, I'm related in general <laughs> to him. <laughs> I'm gonna call Jim after this podcast. <laughs> you, you never know. So I think that about does it for this episode of the South Ridgefield Podcast. As always, you can find us on a variety of platforms, <laughs> including Facebook, uh, Twitter, at South Richfield, and our website, southrichfield.com. We also uh, have a new podcast hosting site, Podbean, where you can find this podcast and our other podcasts from previous episodes. And on iTunes as well. So for the uh, Podbean podcast, Scott, all our listeners would have to do is just download the Podbean app on their smartphones or tablet devices. Yeah, or just iTunes also, because we're still listed there on South Richfield. And if you're on the iTunes site, be sure to write a review for us. And if you'd be so kind, give us the five-star rating. It helps get the South Richfield message out there to the rest of the people in podcast land who have not yet enjoyed the waterboarding like uh, <laughs> entertainment. It's more like, like a, it's more like bite it's kinda like biting into a York peppermint patty. I think it's more like biting into your tongue. <laughs> and just go, oh why did I do that? Oh. Speaking of biting into your tongue, how's that you uh, keep doing it? <laughs> how's that cocktail coming along that you're designing uh, oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot. Yes. Uh, by the next episode, we'll have uh, the beginnings. Well, it, it'll be the first South Richfield cocktail. It might just be called the South Richfield. Or something else. But I, I kind of like that name. Make mine a South Richfield. 
Do you want that cucumber bruised or cut? <laughs> oh, that's a secret ingredient. Oh. Well, for the rest, you just have to wait. Yeah. And also at the end of May, uh, just a little sneak peek of what we're working on for uh, our, our next podcast. And we do, do we actually work. We, we do put effort in this. You can't tell by listening. But we put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> but a little little bit of ritual history will be coming. Give a little teaser, Scott. Double murder, Matt, in Richfield. 147 oh. years ago. Why, pray tell, did this happen? <laughs> a lover's quarrel that still echoes through time. The pain and the heart is still felt around Richfield, even 147 years later. And then we will discuss it in depth on the next episode of South Richfield. All right. Well, as always, I'm Scott Luther. And this is Matt Coma. And we thank you for listening to the South Richfield Podcast. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>